0: Speaking logically is brought to you by ETF Logic, the leading provider of analytics and portfolio analysis tools for financial advisors. No information within this should be considered trading or investment advice. Hey guys, and welcome back to Speaking Logically. My name is Scott McKenna,
1: and I'm Emil Tarazi.
0: And today we wanted to talk about something that we've been working on for the past couple months, and that is a special ebook that we're putting out. So Emil, why don't you tell us a little bit about the ebook and what you're most excited about?
1: Yeah, look, the ebook, we've been uh, working on it for a little bit now. And it's a collection of different articles that our team has written, uh, essentially to guide advisors around how to use ETFs and find them on our platform. And
0: Awesome. Yeah. And so why do you think it's so important that we're putting this ebook out?
1: Well, You know, I think there's just a wealth of different choices out there when advisors are building portfolios or allocating assets for their clients. And there's just a lot of gotchas around, you know, costs, total costs of ownership, taxes and tax loss harvesting. Obviously, the backdrop of the markets is a massively shifting risk landscape. The markets that uh, sort of economy that we're in now is very different than, the economy from nine months ago. So, you know, how do you navigate this new world? How do you do it with the right tools?
0: So let's talk a little bit about the goals for the ebook, right? I think putting it out there, there's a number of reasons that we're doing it, but I think the most important one is is to help teach. CE, continuing education credits, offering those through our webinars is an important aspect of what we've been doing lately but we wanted to take it a bit further and create a resource for advisors to help out with some of the other stuff that maybe we haven't gotten a chance to do on a webinar that we haven't dived dive too deep into. And I recently saw a chart on Twitter the other day that says, you always wanna out-teach your competitors. And it was basically a chart saying, you know you can sell, you can sponsor, you can promote, but it's never gonna have the same impact as if you teach. And I think the importance of that is really around creating value for your clients, regardless of, of it being through your part product. And so if you create value around this ebook, I think that'll kind of drive a community that we're looking to get through our platform.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's spot on Scott, I think uh, we understand a lot about sort of the quantitative aspects of building portfolios, how to look at risk, how to look at returns, how to look at costs and and tax loss harvesting. So first and foremost, what you said, it's it's an educational uh, resource that we're putting out there to help advisors navigate this world. Our obviously secondary goal is to let people know that a lot of the things that we're talking about in managing your portfolio you can do through the Logically platform. We're not telling you to use the platform, but it will make your life a lot easier when you're thinking about all the different aspects of what it takes to manage a portfolio of of assets, of ETFs specifically.
0: Let's talk about the first article. Uh, It's one that me and you had worked on a long time ago, right, Uh, when I first came on and it kind of fell away, we forgot about it, and then, It just dusted off recently, and that's the true cost of ownership, talking about the costs beyond the expense ratio of an ETF. So why don't you just give us a little bit of background on that article?
1: Yeah, I mean, total cost of ownership, the way that we've put it forward is a way of explaining a lot of the times when people think about investing in an ETF, they think, okay, well, what's the expense ratio? And immediately you'll sort by, you know, lowest expense ratio to highest. And you'll say, okay, the one with the lowest is is the best, but let's put that in context. You know, if you're talking about a three basis points, large cap ETF versus a nine basis points, large cap ETF. Sure, that's that's a pretty big difference, relatively speaking, you know, six basis points, but on a $10,000 investment, we're talking the difference between $3 and $9 which of course, you know, over time, there's a drag, but we need to put that $3 and $9 in context against all the other costs involved. So things like trading costs, a round trip, paying the bid ask spread could be already three or four basis points right there. So if you go for the three basis points expense ratio ETF, but you're, you know, paying three basis points to get into the ETF. Well, that's six basis points right there. So those are just, you know, we can we can go through all the different costs like you know taxes and uh, dividends and you know also the fund management, for example, you know, how the fund is managed and whether those dividend yields or capital distributions are properly being disseminated. If the fund manager, for example, sends out a short-term or long-term distribution, then if, if that ETF isn't a taxable account, you will pay taxes on that and you may not want that. You know, a lot of people go to ETFs because of that in, innate, inherent, embedded tax advantage. Uh, so being aware of how the fund is being managed and whether it's paid, you know, these special short-term, long-term gains or distributions, you'd want to be aware of that. So anyway, uh, that's that's part of the total cost of ownership. And I think what we've provided is a very easy to read checklist, what you can go through and say, hey, you know, does this ETF, you know, is there a green check mark next to each of these points?
0: Yeah, awesome. So for Article 2, the importance of choosing the right benchmark. Obviously, when you're searching for ETFs, right, a benchmark is one of the first things that you think about, but we dive a little bit deeper in it to talk a little bit about why it matters so much and not for just the the regular reasons that you might think about, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, choosing a benchmark is is always important, especially when you're running a back test or you wanna see how your portfolio is performing going forward. Uh, So we've done a lot of work on that on the platform with the ability to create customized benchmarks that really fit, you know, maybe suit the style of uh, risk exposure that that, uh, portfolio is, is, you know, that portfolio's policy is following. So I think there's a lot of important details there.
0: So for the rest of the articles, we kind of dove more into the portfolio analysis tools and, and some of the topics around there. Obviously there's so much to cover given almost every grid that we have in that, that tool is, is almost like its own software in itself. So one of the other really important ones that I wanted to talk about was around tax loss harvesting. So obviously this year we saw a lot of volatility in the markets. Right now, the investment outcomes that clients might have might not be the most ideal ones that they thought they would be at right now, given, you know, at the beginning of the year, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, a properly tax-managed account can boost after-tax returns by substantial amount. Tax-loss harvesting is a way of generating tax credits that you can use and carry forward uh, to boost those those future returns. With ETFs, because there's so many of them, there's a 2300 plus in the US and counting, there's a lot of opportunities to take losses, basically do tax pairs trades, get out of one name, get in another that's basically very similar, maybe not identical, but similar, and maintain your policy, maintain your asset allocation exposures in in a way that, you know, stays in line with the client's risk profile or expectations. Tax loss harvesting is something that people start to think about at the end of the year because of the tax year getting, you know, coming to a close. But in reality, it's also something that you should be doing constantly. Whenever there's any losses, you know, maybe below a certain threshold, you need to have tools that can go in and look at your portfolio and see that there may be potential tax credits and suggest potential tax trades or tax swap trades that you could do. So the article's goal is to talk a little bit about how to use ETFs for this and how to leverage our platform for identifying these types of trades.
0: Awesome, and you mentioned the risk profile before. That kind of leads into the other article that we wrote, and that was all about the shifting risk landscape and whether or not you need to take more risks to maintain income targets. So, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that article?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're uh, certainly not suggesting people take more risks, but we're what we are bringing to the forefront is that. Income yields have dropped substantially. You know, we're near zero rates. The Fed just announced near zero short-term rates till 2023. So we're in certainly a low rate environment because of the way that, you know, the economy is progressing. So when you think about traditional like 60-40 portfolios, that 40% is no longer, that 40% of fixed income exposure is no longer yielding what it did. 10 or 15 years ago. And when you look at that sort of overall income generation from a portfolio based on you know, risk of those different components, you know, you're, you're basically falling short a little bit uh, from an income perspective. Sorry, let me do another take. So if when you look at your portfolio, uh, from a 60-40 perspective, let's say 60% equities, 40% fixed income, what you've seen is that 40% portion uh, returning, you know, yielding a lot less. So to maintain sort of income expectations in the future, or, or you know, especially if you're nearing retirement, you may want to think about higher yielding assets. So there are situations, for example, looking at some preferred uh, shares. There's ETFs that uh, pool different preferred uh, equities. Preferreds are like kind of hybrid equities and bonds in a way. And, you know, some of of these preferred ETFs are yielding five or 6% with a lot less volatility than the S&P 500, you know, maybe a fraction of that volatility uh, and risk exposure. So maybe possible to shift slightly your fixed income exposures towards preferred equities, and we have some other ideas in the article that um, that we mention.
0: Awesome, and another grid that that I see a lot of traffic from advisors is the factor exposures, right? And so we did an article uh, where we broke down the factor exposures and and how they've performed over the past year, right? So year to date, going back even before the pandemic, but we're really focusing on in on, you know, how they re reacted once the pandemic hit. Why do you think that advisors should be thinking about factor investing? I know some of them are, but
1: yeah, well, you know, factor investing is something that's been you know, talked about for, for quite, quite some time now. And with ETFs, you have like, maybe you can think of it like surgical, you have all these like surgical tools where you can say, you know, I want a drop of momentum and you can pick out, you know, one of the 10 different or 10 plus different momentum ETFs and add that to your portfolio. So you almost have like this toolbox of different things that you can put together. The, the factor, our factor view on the world is, well, first of all, you need to know what you have in that toolbox already. So for example, if you're long the S&P 500, you're already long growth because of sort of overweight tech exposure. You know, you, you, you want to know that. So if you think to yourself, well, I'd like to have more growth in my portfolio. Well, you should probably already know that you've got already substantial growth exposure and and adding more may overexpose you to tech. Um, so that's the first sort of aspect, sort of understanding what you have. The second aspect is, okay, now that you know what you have, you want to be able to manipulate it. So if you think that value is going to make a comeback after it's been beaten down so much, uh, in, in these past few quarters, then, you know, we have the ability to not only go and screen for those 15 different large cap ETFs and 10 different mid or small cap ETFs, but you can compare how they perform against each other. They all have different levels or different exposures of value or growth. In turn, they also have different exposures um on a sector basis on a dividend yield basis so you want to see how all those different interactions work so so that's kind of you know, what our angle is know what you have and then be able to navigate all these different options once you decide you want to make a move
0: so moving on from some of the topics we covered that deal with our portfolio analysis tools we also covered uh, an article where we talked about model portfolios, right? And as many know, model portfolios are new, but they're coming, becoming more and more used by financial advisors for a number of different reasons. So we broke those down in that article. But Emil, what do you think is the biggest driver, in your opinion, of advisors leveraging model portfolios?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that advisors need ways to streamline their workflows and models are the rise of models is really kind of two stories. One is that relentless focus on sort of optimizing and reducing the amount of time on let's say portfolio asset allocation and increasing your time as an advisor with your client and focusing on their financial planning, which is maybe a much bigger task than just portfolio an asset allocation, uh, so that's the first driver. And then the second driver is obviously ETFs. We've seen, you know, models have been around for decades, but ETF models have also been around for for decades. But we've seen more and more of them because, again, there's twenty three hundred ETFs, and there's just so many ways, you know, the, the the possible combinations are infinite of how to put these different things together. So it's it's been a a, a great way to uh, take advantage of the, the low cost, the, the tradability, um, diversification of ETFs, while also reducing optimizing your workflows and advising.
0: So some of the other articles that we covered in the ebook were a little bit more practice management related, right? The first one being about how you can leverage technology. So you know, in this new world that we're in no longer can you go and, you know, take your client out to lunch or take them out to coffee. Right? So everything is, is on zoom, right? Everything is video screen sharing or via telephone. Right. And when you're having so many zoom meetings, if you're like us, you know, you're probably pretty zoomed out. So we talked about some ways that you can go ahead and leverage the visuals from our platform or, you know, from technology in general, to kind of spice up those meetings and keep your clients engaged?
1: Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned it, it's it's all about the charts and the, and the numbers. And, you know, this space can be overwhelming. There's just a ton of stuff that you know, you, you feed some system your portfolio, and you can get this flood of analysis. So we want to be careful when we've built and designed the platform we wanted to make sure that like the most important things were brought to the to the front so if you're looking for a quick understanding of you know uh what the risk and return is on your portfolio what just the expense ratio is on a, on a blended basis you can get those numbers like pretty snappy if you're a power user and you want to drill down and look at like sharp ratios and sortino ratios we've got that too so you know we have all these little bits of information uh, but we've also kept it all very highly visual so you've got pretty bar charts and pretty line charts that look really good on an iPad if you're on the road and you want to show someone you know what portfolio A looks like versus portfolio B and all that stuff gets generated out in PDFs. So you could print it out and have all those visuals, have all those charts, uh, or even just select the charts you want so you can customize that PDF.
0: Yeah, and the other thing that we talked about too, which I think is super important and probably advisors are already doing it, figuring out what level of understanding a client has, right? And then being able to customize what you share with them if you, should, if you showed a client like the full portfolio analysis, I'm sure a lot of them would just be like completely overwhelmed. There's so much stuff to look at, which is great for an advisor. And especially when you're diving deep into all those different aspects, but for a client, it's kind of like overwhelming. So we talked a little bit about how you can parse through that.
1: Yeah, exactly, I, I spot on and you know that understanding of how to build those user interfaces and making sure the user experience is a positive one comes through working with advisors sitting with them seeing how their existing tools are failing them and figuring out how to do better and that's kind of how we build you know logically
0: i agree with you 100 the other article that we talked about that was a little more practice management was talking about technology. And obviously, you know, being a tech company, we help to streamline a lot of the investment research and portfolio construction stuff for financial advisors. But we talked about some other tips as well to kind of go through, you know, time management, how to streamline basic tasks. And one of the most important things we talked about was procedures, right? And so curious your take, meal what are some ways that advisors could create procedures around some of the aspects of the platform?
1: Yeah. So great question, Scott. Like one of the things that we've done is make it easy to pull portfolios into the system. So you can do that in multiple ways. You can upload a portfolio manually, just type in a few tickers. You can upload a CSV, but then we also connect to your brokerage account to your account that allows you to pull that portfolio in, in in an automated manner. Once you have that in, then you can compare that portfolio against anything. So you can run it through a portfolio analysis. You can take down a model portfolio from any one of the providers that we've partnered with that uh, essentially feeds uh, their, they feed their models to our system, to the uh, logically model marketplace. And now you can say, okay, I wanna see how my custom portfolio compares versus, you know, so-and-so's 80-20, moderately aggressive portfolio. We have a tool called Side-by-Side, which essentially is a side-by-side portfolio analysis. So all the different risk metrics and down to the holdings level, exposures are visualized in bar charts, pie charts, line charts in a side-by-side fashion. So I think, you know, when you think about, again, the advisory workflow, if you're an advisor, you're speaking to a prospective client, this is a tool where you can very easily load up portfolios and show them maybe how your portfolios are better.
0: That kind of wraps up all the articles. For advisors who are interested in any one of these articles, You can download the ebook by going to logically.finance slash advisors guide. Alternatively, if you wanted to talk a little bit further about any of these topics, you can also reach out to us via our website. There is a place to book a demo and you can book a demo with our team.
1: Cool, Scott. Thanks for uh, your time today.
0: Yeah, thanks, Emil,
1: for coming on and uh, super
0: excited to be getting this ebook out.
1: Oh, I am too. It's been a long time coming.
0: Well, thanks again, guys, for listening as well uh, to the Speaking Logically podcast. For those who are listening, we are launching it via video as well. So super excited to be offering video uh, through this Speaking Logically series as well.